Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota, Gulf Coast Business Supply, and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play. And as you know, we celebrate Mississippi on this show a lot as well. And you'll see that. Uh, more about that here in just a second. Hey, listen, I talked yesterday about attending the annual chamber meeting at the Boer Vodge and visiting with more than 500 friends, all of us coming together in one place for the first time after all this virtual world that we've been in. And it was good. It was it was good to see so many amazing leaders at one time and to have the opportunity to, to visit with them face-to-face, I might add. I was really touched by the feedback I got I got about Coastview. As as you know, we've done over 500 conversations over the past more than a year now. And uh, there was a common theme that came through over and over again in the feedback that I was getting and that was that guests are inspired by the show because they they or excuse me, people who are listening are inspired by the show because our guests have so much positive to share. And, uh, you know, I'm going to continue to work hard because I'm inspired, too, by my guests, uh, this opportunity to learn from them and to, to work hard every day to find this positive message. I have something I want to share from my friend Stacy Waldrop, who shared this from Erica Lane. If you begin and finish your days with thoughts of gratitude, you'll find yourself living from a place of abundance rather than lack. Those first and final moments set the tone for so many minutes that fall in between. Boy, that is so true. By the way, I was watching Old Man in the Sea yesterday. Ernest Hemingway, big fan of Ernest Hemingway, came across the old movie, decided to watch it. Something he said in the movie, now is no time to think of what you do not have. Think of what you can do with what there is. And isn't it true that so many of us have enormous potential to make such a significant uh, difference in our world? And so now to, to, to today's show, we're going to have a lot of fun today. I love telling the amazing stories of Mississippians who have reached levels of, this, the, of success in their life that help ultimately sort of dispel the myths about Mississippi. Something, unfortunately, we got to be focused on a little bit too much these days. Uh, the Mississippi that we too often that 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 people too often perceive is really different than the Mississippi we experience every day. Um, by now, you know this. You've contributed to this. The pandemic has created sort of this nuclear boost to streaming services. Disney Plus, uh, Netflix, and others have cumulatively uh, gotten to a point where they are fifty percent, more than fifty percent, over last year. And Netflix is king. Netflix has over 200 million subscribers with shows like The Tiger King and uh, American Barbecue Showdown. Netflix has led the way. And yes, I did mean American uh, Barbecue Showdown. Admit it, you probably watched it. I did. Uh, The moment it popped up as a choice on Netflix, I found myself binge watching the eight-part series, and it was good. I mean, it was really good. So when Cammy. Uh, the, the content producer for Coast View arranged a show with Melissa Cookson, one of the two judges from the American uh, Barbecue Showdown. I, I was really thrilled. I'm, I'm a barbecue fan on top of having enjoyed that show. Here's what the commercial appeal said about Melissa. Melissa Cookson, a seven-time world champ, uh, barbecue champion, is essentially the head judge and might as well be the host, too. Uh, Cookson was also ju- who, uh, who also judged barbecue pitmasters and wrote the book 
Smoking in the Boys Room, Southern Recipes from the Winningness Woman in Barbecue, introduces challenges, gives color commentary that's incisive and edu- educational, talks to the contestants and draws lines like, adapt and overcome, baby. And you want to eat me because I'm a big old bad barbecue sandwich. <laughs> and she's from Mississippi. And joining me here for the whole show today on Coast View. Good, good morning, Melissa. How are you doing? Well, thank you for having me. It's great to have you. So where are you right now? Where are you coming from today? Hernando, Mississippi. Hernando, Hernando. Hey, you know, I mentioned to, to, uh, to, to this to you off the show, but as I, you know, I watched the eight part series of, of the most recent Netflix show. And then yesterday I turned on the TV and Kevin Bledsoe, your co uh, judge for, for that program, he owns Bledsoe's in, um, in LA. It's a barbecue place in LA. And he was on diners, drive ins, and dives. You know, he, he's a terrific dude, isn't he? Yes, sir. You got to know him pretty well through that show, didn't you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, what does it feel like to be referred to as a winningest woman in barbecue? Well, you know, I guess my first thought is is I'm honored. Um, my second thought is there's no lady there, there's no ladies tees in barbecue. You know, <laughs> I, I have to uh, I have to do everything the guys do, and I'm I'm competing against um, mostly men. Um, so, you know, it, it's a little bittersweet, I guess. Um, you know the the guys have never really treated me any differently in the comp world. Um, when I started competing 25 years ago, I didn't really realize I was any different than they were. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's very humbling to have any sort of title in what we do. It's, it's a very difficult sport. So as long as I've got a title, I'm happy. Well, you've won thousands of awards, awards over the years. I mean, you're really competitive. You take it really seriously. And we're going to unpack a lot of this stuff today because – Yours is a great story. It's a, it's a it's a passion for cooking. It's a it's a it's a passion for life, and uh, you know you you own restaurants and you've got so many things going on in your life. We'll co- we'll come back to all that before we get done with this conversation. But you grew up in the Mississippi Delta, and as I said, I talk a lot about the Delta on this show. Um, tell me tell me about that. Tell me about growing up and where your passion for cooking came from. Well, you know. To me, the Delta kind of pulls from a lot of different flavors. You know, we, we kind of pull some from Louisiana. Um, the, the Delta couldn't, I think, um, I, you know, at that time in my life, I was living in Greenville. And, you know, we would go, I can remember, and get a, a number 10 can of tamales from Doe's. But the bluesy feel that you get from the Delta, the artwork, the music, everything about the Delta, the rich land, you know, that I wanted all of that to be encompassed in my food. I, I wanted it to be an experience. Uh, so I think that's why when, when I create food, it is um, not only aesthetically pleasing, but, but the flavor profile is, is, you know, so varied i mean you're going to get just an explosion of flavor because um that's what i wanted my barbecue to emanate was that you know just that delta feel you know when when you go through the delta especially in the summer i mean forget the mosquitoes that are as big as as horses but but you know when you hear the cicadas and um the, the frogs i mean you know all of that that you hear that you don't think but subconsciously um that's that's the delta 
And, you know, it's so flat, but the dirt is so rich. And, you know, when you when you think about bringing that into flavor profiles of food, I mean, what couldn't be good about it? Well, you know, you think about Mississippi being the home of American music, you know, and you, you mentioned the blues. Um, but but weaved in that story of the blues is so much food and so much culture. You you uh, you grew, didn't you grow up in, in Horn Lake? Tell me about Horn Lake. No, that's where my restaurant is. Oh, okay, okay, that's good. So you were born in Greenville. I was actually born in a small town called Roval. Yeah, um, which is which is not far from Greenville, but Greenville is where I spent my formative years. Right, Steve Azar. Steve Azar is from Greenville, and uh, he has a show on the, uh, called In a Mississippi Minute on, on Super Talk, and he uh, he's been on my show several times. I've been on his, but he's he's the uh, cultural ambassador for for Mississippi. And, uh, you know, he, man, he talks all the time about why the music scene and the food scene and the people here are so, so incredibly important. But you, I mean, that became part of who you are and you've really carried that with you everywhere you've been, haven't you? Yes, sir. I've been all over the world. I've, I've been lucky enough to travel the world, uh, playing with food and, uh, I've never forgotten where I came from. Well, what is, it is interesting. In fact, one of the things that I wanted to explore, when I find people like you who have discovered this passion for food, it's not just barbecue because you, you're, you, you cover the spectrum. But when I find people like you, they tend to be super smart and super inquisitive and want to travel a lot because the more you travel, the more you experience all these different you know, ways. I mean, the Netflix special that talks about a barbecue around the world. It's it's amazing to see that and see how many different takes there are on this. But it has taken you to some really interesting places, hasn't it? Oh yes, sir. When you when you think back, what's the one place that really sticks out in your mind? Well, I've spent a lot of time in Italy, uh, and I've made a lot of friends there. My daughter studied abroad there. Uh, she speaks fluent Italian. Um, and, and that's really the place outside of Mississippi that has my heart. And the people there uh, are a lot like Mississippians. They are so welcoming. The hospitality there is um, almost overwhelming. So, um, you know, there are a lot of really small towns in Italy that have my heart. Yeah, Robert St. John. Do you know Robert St. John, the restaurateur in Hattiesburg? But... Yeah, I'll have to introduce the two of you, but he spends a lot of time in Italy as well. And when he talks about it, he brings people from Italy to Mississippi all the time, and he brings Mississippians to, to Italy. Um, but he says the same thing. He says that the people there are so similar to the people of Mississippi, and there's just this great, something seemingly so far away can be so similar. And, uh, and he, he talks, he talks uh, really passionately about that. Hey, we're coming to the end of this segment, but with us, this is Melissa Cookson. She is, uh, she's kind of world-renowned in her barbecue skills, but she's really just an excellent person and chef. And we're going to be coming back and, and continuing uh, to tell her story when we come back after this break.
His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. We're uh, welcome back to Coast View. We're having a conversation with Melissa Cookson. She's a seven-time world barbecue champion and a star of a couple of Netflix shows. But Melissa, when you had an opportunity to do barbecue pit masters, I think it went over many seasons. Um, tell me about uh, that experience and how it sort of started a, a conversation about how you could contribute gr- more more significantly in uh, the barbecue world for Netflix. Well, um, Barbecue Pitmasters was actually several years ago. I started off as a competitor on that show, actually, um, on season two. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I'll never forget the, the first time I was um, on that show. I was actually uh, competing in Washington, D.C., sitting on Pennsylvania Avenue, and I had, I think, three days to get to L.A., uh, pull in my rig, and I get car sick, so I have to drive everywhere we go. So we had to load up on Pennsylvania Avenue, and I think we got out of there about midnight and headed toward L.A. So uh, that's that's a pretty long trip. <laughs> so when, when you do competitive, when you do competitive barbecuing, Tell people what's involved in that. That I mean, that's a, that's a big, big, big commitment. Oh yeah, um, and and there are a lot of different uh, competition circuits too um, that you can compete on. So it depends on the circuit as to what you're cooking. And you know, so many of us for so many years, I've been doing it for 25 years now, but we really hone our skills into the meats that we're cooking for competition. And for so many years, I cooked Memphis-style uh, competitions, which was whole hog, whole shoulder, and loin back ribs. So we spend so much time cooking those three meats that we forget how to cook anything else. Um, for the Kansas City guys, it's brisket, uh, pork butts, typically uh, chicken and, and brisket. Um, so, you know, they look at a whole hog and go, wow. Um, <laughs> but um, so we dedicate most of our lives to cooking whatever meat it is that we're competing with. And um, it's funny because you get on some of these competition shows and these really good competitors, you throw something in there that is so simple and they're not quite sure what to do with it. So (laughs) um, we, we got a kick out of that. And um, then I became a judge on barbecue pit masters and, and, the other two judges on that show, of course, were Tuffy Stone and Myron Mixon. And we really became like siblings. We hung out together. Um, of course, we worked very hard on the show. But outside of the show, I can remember we spent hours uh, just scouring every small town around us looking for ice cream. That's what we did. I mean, I don't know how many scoops of ice cream we ate filming that show together, but it was a lot. <laughs> hey, look, it, it, it requires a team, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sh- uh, sort of demonstrate to you how it's a small world. So we have, uh, I've mentioned Honeyland in um, in the in the Mississippi Delta, between Greenwood and Blackhawk, and then Sun over in Shula, and then some over in Mentor City, and the majority of the land that we lease, the hunting ground that we lease, is from the Dunn family, uh, Travis and Dwight Dunn. So I, I posted you're going to be on my show, and immediately I get a call from Travis, and he says, "You're going to have Melissa on your show." I said, "Yeah." He said, "I've been on her." 
her, her cooking team a couple of times and she's a friend of mine. And I said, you're kidding me, Travis. Of course he loves to barbecue. I already knew that about him, but it's a small world, isn't it? Yes. I love Travis. And he has a beautiful family. He really, really does. I, I look his, his grandfather, I'm not, I'm going to actually have his grandfather on the show coming up in the next couple of weeks, but he's a 93 year old grandfather who, um, who moved from Texas to Yuma, Arizona during the first pandemic in the late 1920s and then most recently got COVID and survived, I might add, thank God. But uh, well, the stories he can tell, but that family you know, represents, like so many farmers in the Delta, they represent the kind of people who are, who are farming thousands of acres who are you know, feeding the world, literally feeding the world. And uh, just good family, good, good core values, just incredible family. We love spending time with them. But anyway, I, th- I thought you'd get a kick out of, out of knowing that, that he's also my friend. He comes down, and, I have to do a lot of offshore fishing, and he comes down and goes fishing with us. And just, we, just, we have a lot to share with each other. He, loves, he has the Delta thing. I have the, the saltwater thing on the coast. And, and it just, we, we've just you know, developed such a close relationship. But he thinks the world of you. Oh, that's well, he tells me that how he met you was his dad and, and him went to one of your cooking schools. Tell, tell me about your cooking school. Right now, uh, Tuffy Stone, who is a umpteenth world champion, I don't know, and I um, are best friends and we are doing cooking classes together. So we are having them here in Mississippi. He's from Richmond, Virginia. But we're having them here in Mississippi, and he's teaching the Kansas City style of cooking, and I'm teaching the Memphis style of cooking. And it's really fun. I mean, of course, being from Mississippi, the hospitality state, I feed you until you just can't eat anymore. But the knowledge that we share is um, over all of our years of experience, probably 50 years combined, a lot of what not to do. If you thought about it, we've tried it already. Just don't, don't even think about it. But we really impart all of our barbecue knowledge. Um, so it, it's for beginners, uh, people who just want to cook in their backyard, be the hero of their neighborhood, up to competitors. I mean, we've had lifelong competitors come to our classes. And one even said in the last class, this has changed my life. Um, and I, I'm a firm believer, if you ever quit learning, um, you get stale. And anytime um, you know, I talk to my peers, I'm, I'm going to learn something. So. Um, our next class is not till August, but it's August 27th through 29th. We teach two whole barbecue classes from beginning to end um, in one weekend. It starts Friday night with um, a great dinner, and then we provide breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day. And then we finish up Sunday afternoon. So it is a weekend of barbecue um, knowledge and a lot of fun. We we visit a lot. We talk a lot. And, you know, it's just what we people in Mississippi do. It is it is what we do. But, you know, coming back to your point about barbecue, you can never stop learning. I often say on this show that, that life is a journey of, of discovery. And the more we learn, the more we better learn how much we don't know. I mean, I mean, really, the more we learn, the more we better learn how much we don't know. And that, that, that makes us humble and makes us want to learn more. What's interesting about you is that is what you just said about how you're imparting your knowledge, you're continuing to learn. Probably every time you go to another country, every time you have the opportunity to travel outside the U.S., your eyes are just awoken to the other possibilities. That I mean, there's literally so many different ways to do the same thing, isn't there? 
Oh, yes. And I'm not a purist. I think there are many ways to achieve great food. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, every culture has some form of cooking with fire. And, you know, that kind of comes back to barbecue as well um, for me competitively. So I am so amazed by some primitive techniques that I still think I can modernize this and I can make this taste good. Um, so, you know, I love playing, I have 36 different grills and smokers and, you know, it depends on the mood I'm in, which one I choose, which flavor profiles I go with, even textures. I love playing with textures. Um, so, you know, I think I'm the luckiest person on the, on the, on the face of the planet. I mean, literally I play with food. That is my job and barbecue is the one food. It doesn't matter how, how fancy the restaurant is. You are given permission to stick food in your face, play with it, gnaw on it, do whatever you want to with it. So, you know, I have, I have the best of everything. It's just, hey, you said you're a purist. I have one. I said I'm not. A not a, yeah, you said you're not a purist. Right. <laughs> you said you're not a purist. So, but I'm going to challenge you on one, one thing. Because I saw a segment about hot dogs. And oh. you do have a purist view toward hot dogs, don't you? Well, I'm not, I'm not judgy, uh, unless I'm joking, my judgy, unless I'm joking. <laughs> well, just so you know, I like hot dogs with, um, with mustard, a little bit of ketchup and some mayonnaise. Yeah. <laughs> I already know how you feel about that. <laughs> but if I would have said, I like, I like a hot dog with, with mustard and relish, you would have said, okay, that's yeah. right. But I also love chili dogs. Yeah. See, in the Delta, when I was a little girl in, in Louisville, there was this place called the Mecca and they had burgers and they had chili burgers. And these chili burgers had so much on them that they were so sloppy, so messy. And it was a little bit like barbecue. You got to shove it in your face and it was so sloppy, so messy, but it was so good. It was that soul satisfying bite that you can only get in the Delta. Uh, you can, hey, but look, here, this actually opens up another sort of round to your thinking and that is that for anyone who sees you as just a seven time you know world barbecue champion they're kind of missing the point that you are doing all this investigation and experimentation around food in general one of the videos i watched was about chili in in particular when we come back let's talk a little bit more about the non-barbecue aspects of your life and then we'll just we'll just kind of keep the conversation going but this is uh melissa cookson and we'll continue the conversation after this break View on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I 10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at AllenToyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews, brought to you by J. Allen Toyota, Gulf Coast Business Supply, and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome back to Coast View. We're having a conversation with the winningest woman in barbecue. Her name is Melissa Cookson, and she's one of the judges, one of the stars of Netflix's new show called American Barbecue Showdown, one that 
I just kind of happened across and ended up watching all eight uh, all versions or or, or uh, editions of the series. And uh, get, you get to know her really well. And one of the things that you get to know about her is that she tells it like it is. It's almost like you're this Southern philosopher. Do, do you see yourself as a Southern philosopher? No, I don't know if I'm a philosopher. Um, you know, here's the thing about us steel magnolias. Be careful when you ask us for our opinions. And that was kind of my job on that show. <laughs> It was, but you know, here's the thing. It came natural to you. It came natural to you. And you know, so far in this show, you've been kind of really soft and nice and, but you can be, you can be, I, I would say painfully on it. That's not the right way to say it. That's not, I, I say painfully, make me painful. You're actually thoughtful in the way you give feedback. What I found about your feedback is that it was unbelievably uh, authentic and honest and you did care about the people that you were giving the, the feedback to. It wasn't like you were being sort of, you know, you know, mean. You weren't mean in any respect, but you were very authentic and very you're credible. Is that something that's really important to you? Yes. Um, I, that's, that's me. I don't know. I want someone to be honest with me. So I try to give that honesty to other people. I don't, I don't think it. I don't think it does anybody any good to um, tell somebody an untruth because it doesn't help them. And it, I would hope that someone would respect me enough to be honest. So, uh, but I try to do it in a nice way. Well, when you gave the, when you gave the advice, <clears throat> the thing that you were looking for next was, did they take the advice? <laughs> People have to learn, right? You, you're hoping that they learn from it. And if they didn't, you know, usually they didn't make it to the next step. And uh, as you as you sort of watch the progression, what came out at the end of this were just some incredibly good cooks, weren't there? Oh yes, absolutely. And yes. super, super creative. <laughs> yes, some really good food, really, really good food. And you know, the thing about um, that show and barbecue in general is. You can bring other flavors to the party besides just traditional style barbecue. That's perfect. You know, you know, it can get kind of boring if you're tasting the same flavors all the time. So um, I got some good stuff. So, you know, we talked about chili right there at the, at the end of that last segment. But but your your experimentations have gone way beyond barbecue. Talk to me a little bit about that. Well, um, you know, I, I believe um, I believe that if you're going to be a good cook, that you should cook a variety of things. You know, I've cooked at the James Beard House in New York. I love cooking fancy dinners. Um, so, you know, small plates have, have really become a signature of mine. I use a lot of edible flowers as garnish, so I, I, make, I make a lot of pretty things. Um, but... You know, barbecue is not really um, all I want to do. So, um, you know, I experiment with a lot of different flavor profiles, a lot of healthy foods. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really big into pork. Uh, so pork tenderloin um, is, is one of my most favorite things to cook because, as you can imagine, I get up at 4 o'clock every morning. I work 365 days a year. I don't have a whole lot of time to cook at home just for my family. 
So I'm always looking for easy things that I can cook um, that are flavorful, that give that, that big bunch of flavor. And you never know when you're going to run across something that you might put on, on the menu for the catering company or at the restaurant. Um, that's how the orange chipotle glaze came about um, that I served with my salmon. So um, I'm always experimenting, always putting flavors together. Right now, um, um, we are coming out with a whole new line of jams and jellies that you can use as a jam or jelly, or you can convert it into a sauce. Um, and I'll have those out um, on melissacookson.com. So, um, you know, we have things like we are melding um, peaches with rosemary, blackberries with basil. I have the jalapeno jelly, things like that. So, you know, I've gotten into um, doing a lot of fermenting. I'm making hot sauces. We have a whole lot of hot sauces already on the website. So we're barrel aging um, hot sauces. So um, I've really uh, branched out, if you will. And um, it's, it's so much fun. Okay, so you, got up at, you get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. You work 365 days a year. What drives you? Um, you know... I have a saying, and my staff will tell you, I, I have no idea what any other restaurants are doing around us. My entire goal is for us to be better today than we were yesterday. And we can't do that if, if we're not always working toward it. Uh, this last year has been really difficult. Uh, we pivoted very well. Um, we do not have but probably a third of the staff that we did, although, um, you know, we were not laying people off just through attrition. Mm -hmm. We've lost a lot of staff. So we are all working very hard. I'm having to uh, do things I hadn't had to do in a lot of years as far as working the line and such. But you can only succeed if you are dedicated to working hard. You, it'll never come to you. You have to go get it. So, um, you know, I want to, at the end of the day, be able to say I've done everything I can do. You know, I talk, you know, the pandemic has brought this point up that I'm about to share with you. And that is that we always knew that entrepreneurship was hard. We knew it. And the only reason we did it, I mean, we wouldn't do something that's hard just for the sake of doing it if we didn't have passion. This whole notion of passion helps you overcome the hardships of, of, of a situation. But when you see your customers so pleased and you see it all come to fruition, it makes it all worth it. But the, but the relationship between hard work and passion are undeniable, aren't they? Oh, yeah. You know, when, when the pandemic first hit, I was hearing from my friends all over the country and, and their different um, trials and, and, and what was going on. You know, I had my friend Tuffy in Richmond who, um, had had a catering company for 25 years, no catering jobs. My friend Myron in Georgia um, taught barbecue classes, couldn't teach any classes. My friend Amy uh, and Mike Mills in Illinois, their restaurant was completely shut down. In Mississippi, I was lucky. I was very lucky. I had just started shipping uh, my barbecue all over the country. And I said, hey, guys, send me your recipes, send me your rub and sauces. I'll cook your barbecue and I'll ship your barbecue along with mine. So I formed a website called the Barbecue All-Stars. And you can order six different world championship ribs, get six different slabs of ribs shipped to your front door. Um, and you can have a barbecue contest at your house. 
Um, so, you know, we we took the gloves off. We have bonded together and we have made it through this um, one way or another. Um, I, I love that story, Melissa. That's well, an amazing story. You know, it doesn't matter if we're competitors and we've been competing against each other for 20 years. I mean, at the end of the day, we we are. We're restaurateurs, we're caterers, we're we're people. Yeah. Whatever I felt like whatever I could do. And at that point, I had an FDA kitchen where I could chef. And if I can help out these other people who are devastated, then then that's what I'm going to do. So that's what I, I said. Listen, I've said I say this a lot on the show. Um, you know, you, you wouldn't know this because you would not. You probably aren't a regular listener of this particular show. But here's the thing that Mississippians are incredibly resilient people. If you go back in our past, whether it's the farming community and what they have to deal with on an annual basis or you know, downturns in the economy on the coast, it's things like Hurricane Katrina and then the pandemic and oil spill. I mean, we're really resilient people. And so when we face, we face adversity, we don't say, okay, we're defeated and we quit. That's not, our, that's not our, in our DNA. What's in our DNA is to face it and when we face it, like you just did uh, in this situation with your fellow barbecue uh, professionals, when we face it, we're more innovative. We're more doggedly determined. Six, anything other than success is not an option. You, you really believe that heart deep in your heart, don't you? I do. Um, my office, every, every day when I walk in and I say, I've got an idea, they go, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Because I'm always pushing. I mean, I'm, I'm just always pushing. I think, you know, that, that there's, I'm a big idea kind of girl. I'm just mm -hmm. a big idea kind of girl. And, and you just never know. They never know what kind of work I'm going to put before them. Because, you know, I just think there's so much that we can do. And, um, you know, I've never left. I've never left Mississippi. And uh, because I believe that the people here that I've surrounded myself with, and I've surrounded myself with a lot of good people here. This is where all my businesses are. I do have a restaurant in Georgia, but um, I stay here because, you know, this, this is my family. And I don't mean blood family. I mean, this is my family. When we come back, we're going to continue the conversation with, with Melissa Cookson and talk about does she feel an added burden being from Mississippi when she travels to other places? What 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 role does she play in dispelling myths about Mississippi? We'll, we'll talk more about that when we come back. You can also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We're having a terrific conversation this morning with Melissa Cookston. She is the uh, seven-time world barbecue champion. She's been in Netflix barbecue pitmaster. She's been uh, in the Amer uh, American Barbecue Showdown, which is a, an eight-part series on Netflix as well. She owns restaurants and multitude of other companies that are involved in food. You know, when we went to break, Melissa, we were talking about, do you feel an added burden when you travel away from Mississippi to dispel myths about Mississippi? Talk to me about that. I really don't. I mean, I am so proud of where I come from. I think people are scared <laughs> to... <laughs> to say anything negative about Mississippi. Um, because 
you know, I, I, I wear it. I wear it well. I mean, I am, I am so proud of this state. And uh, I mean, just in my booth at Memphis in May is covered in wisteria. It's covered in uh, the Delta artwork. And when I say covered, it is covered. So people know where I'm from. And, um, you know, I'm, I, I scream it loud and proud. So I, I well, don't. Well, so you don't, you don't, you don't carry a burden. You carry pride. And, you, and you're working hard to make the best impression possible. Hey, in just a second, I'm going to get some practical tips from you that you might have for people who are about to barbecue. But one of the things I was interested in knowing is that in all these years, I can only imagine the important people, the, the interesting people that you've cooked for. What are one or two that come to mind that just stick out to you? Uh, well, mostly Democratic presidents. Uh, Garth Brooks cooked with me. Uh, he was he was on my he and Trisha Yearwood. I put them in an apron and gave them tongs and told them to dish stuff out. Um, and we fed Jimmy Carter. So uh, that was that was interesting. Um, let's see. Um, some people I, I'm still under an NDA. I can't say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Dave Grohl with the Foo Fighters. Um, smoking in the boys room was my first cookbook. And I did, um, I fed, I fed the, the band that sings that song. And they thought that that, that book title was fantastic. Um, you know, I don't keep up with a whole lot I, and I'm terrible with names. Um, but, but you've I, seen a bunch. I have seen a bunch over those years. ZZ Top. So, yeah. yeah. What were you saying? ZZ Top. Um, you know. I'm not a name dropper. I'm not a name dropper. Yeah. A name dropper. <laughs> People drop your name. <laughs> that's a, that's because they they love your food. So uh, so let's shift gears a minute. <clears throat> In the final few minutes that we have left, for someone who's about to go barbecue in their backyard, give some practical advice. Sure. You smoke or like any other ingredient, like you wouldn't oversalt something, don't oversmoke something. So if you're going to cook white meats like pork or chicken, use lighter woods, fruit woods. Beef will tolerate a little stronger wood, so use hickory um, with that. Um, you know, always use a thermometer. I have been cooking for, I don't know how many years now. I'm only 39, so probably only two or three years. But, uh, you know, in 25 years, I still use a thermometer. Um, and it's a little instant read thermometer is fine, but, um, you know, you, you need to know where you are. I'm a little OCD, um, but I always have that, that trusty thermometer and, you know, keep an eye on it instead of, um, talking, gabbing like we, we, we gals like to do, um, you know, don't leave your smoker too long. Yeah, that the, the thermometer is really good advice. I have an instant read digital th thermometer. Um, but man, I know what, what the temps need to be. And I, I stick to that and it makes a real difference in, in, um, in, in my cooking. I, I haven't mastered how to do, get steaks exactly right. You know, when, when to take them off and all that something I, I still work on after all these years, I've gotten better at it, but, uh, you know, every now and then I'll blow a medium rare, so to speak, or, you know, a medium, but that's just kind of goes with the territory. What were you going to say? Take your steaks off two or three degrees less than what you want them to be because they will continue cooking up. 
So, you know, as you look back on all that you've learned in your businesses and in your world travels, what's the best life advice that you have for people coming out as, as we sort of close this out? Never give up, no matter what, never give up, you know, dream big. Um, and even if you don't attain what you dream, you will have achieved something. So you, when you, you say you're an idea person, you get up at four o'clock every morning, you're setting goals, aren't you? You're constantly setting goals. Do you write them down? Oh, yes. I have notebooks. Yeah. So most successful people do write them down and make adjustments. They're, they're never set in stone. You're always can make adjustments, but having something about having them down on paper makes a huge difference, doesn't it? It does. I make lists, I make notes make goals and I have just notebooks full of them. I noticed there's some books behind you. Do you, do you get an opportunity to read very often? Oh, really? So what is it fiction, nonfiction? What's your, what's your, what do you lean toward? Um, mostly history. European history is, is what, what my bag is. <laughs> wow. See, once again, once again, and then that says that opens up possibilities to say, I want to go there. I want to go check that out. My wife and I went to Croatia a couple of years ago. Her, she's, she, she's from Croatia, and um, her, her families are from Havar and, and um, uh, Brock off of the coast of Split. And, man, what a, a special visit that was. You've obviously been there. Beautiful. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. It is. Listen, uh, Melissa Cookson, I wish we had a lot more time to, to visit, but... It's been a terrific visit. Keep keep representing Mississippi well and keep cooking great. It's been it's been a, it's been a pleasure. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.